you are divine. Conunctio, conjunction, love, divine union, and infinity. Conunctio is the great alchemical operation of love. During this stage, we witness the miraculous work of the two opposites merging to create a unique third. Sun and moon unite to reveal the entire cosmos. Black and white unite to reveal the spectrum of color. Unlike coagulation, conunctio represents a conscious and benevolent union, one that springs forth from awareness, acceptance, and devotion. It is not a compromise, but rather an activation, a holding of tension and presence that allows each of the entities to thrive and express themselves. Experiencing conunctio is one of the blessings of the human experience. Whether the bond is with human nature or divinity, recognize it by the stirring of your heart and an element of surprise. Throughout the opposite arises the infinite. Kim Kranz. Good morning, my beautiful pumpkins. Welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I hope you are having the best, most wonderful AM commute or maybe just a fabulous evening. Maybe this is your little self-care ritual right now that you're into and listening. But I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you are having the most magical time. And I hope that you have come with a cozy beverage of sorts as it might be hot where some of y'all live, but I do find that this moment month. Maybe it's because Spirit Halloween is about to open up around the corner from me, but I do feel that we are starting to descend into the autumn time already. Even though we are about, I think, a month away by the time this episode airs, I think we are just like about a month out to the fall equinox, at least where I live. For you, it might be spring is arising. But for many of us, and most of my listeners are in the same hemisphere as me, uh, for many of us, we feel that autumn time is really starting to emerge. And <sighs> I got to tell you, last time or last year around this time, I was preparing for the biggest move of my life. Literally, it was the biggest move I've ever been in as an adult. Like, I think the only one that maybe comes secondly close is moving from one home with my family into another. But it wasn't me that had so much to move as I was pretty little. But like moving our entire house into another house was a pretty big to do. And even though I've moved many times throughout my adult life, this time was the most significant as I had never been as settled as I was in my previous location and moving, you know, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, but moving, I think like a 14 and a half hour difference from where I was. And I am a first generation uh, Washingtonian, I think is what they call themselves here. I don't know. Uh, moving to the Pacific Northwest, moving to Washington State, I am a first generation in my family. So um, it was just kind of huge, huge to do. And I really wanted, I didn't come to this, this episode of the podcast with a ton of notes. I obviously we had a little introductory reading, but I I didn't come with a lot of notes. I just really felt inspiration strike. And that's kind of how I like to do this podcast. I like to come with less notes if possible and just show up as my most divine authentic self because that's the point. But I have been hit with so many wild synchronicities today that I was like, I really need to sit down and just unpack this on a podcast episode because I... Okay. <laughs> so y'all already know that your girl has struggled with mental health up and down for the last like year, probably actually not probably the absolute worst that I've ever struggled in my life with mental health. It has been the worst for the year of 2021. And I would say also this year, even though I do feel like I can say that 2021 was significantly worse. I do feel like 2022 has still had blips and moments of those same feelings. But Something that I talked about when I did my goodbye episode at the end of last month, if y'all tuned into it, was I really discovered that I was going to have to love every part of myself, even the parts that felt depressed, even the parts that felt anxiety. The only way I was going to get better, and I knew that, was to accept these parts of myself with open arms and truly show love and appreciation for these parts of myself. 
And that was a huge realization that I think I, I had in that moment when I was recording the episode. I was like, oh, all this stuff that I've been through, it's had to come with acceptance of self at every step of the journey. And I think that that ultimately is the journey of self. But the point that I'm, I'm coming to here is that something that I really have been learning today through synchronicity and, you know, last week we talked with my husband about magical thinking, something that I lost during. And if you didn't listen to the episode, because I don't know how y'all are, but I find it difficult sometimes to listen to other podcasters that are solo when they bring guests, because I'm just not used to it. Um, so many of you maybe didn't even listen to last week's episode. I would not be surprised. Um, and that's okay. I don't, you know, if you want to listen to it, I do think it's a really fabulous episode and that you should listen to it. But if you don't, like, it's okay. I totally understand. It was a little different from our typical. But something that we talked about in that episode was my husband actually asked me, he said, during your Saturn return, what do you feel like you've lost? Or what do you think that has changed? Or I don't even remember what the exact question was. But my answer was my innocence. I felt like I had had this childlike innocence with me for all of my first 30 years. And most people get that ripped away from them a lot earlier. And even though, don't get me wrong, through my very abusive upbringing and through religious indoctrination, I do think that my childlike wonder could have been larger um, and more more prominent than it was. But I ultimately think I never really disconnected from this childlike wonder that I had. And during my Saturn return, I felt like it was physically ripped away from me. And I lost this huge part of my innocence of my ability to have magical thinking and not, we talked about this in the episode too, not fantasy thinking, which is to me when we believe that somebody else is coming to save us, that a white knight is going to show up or a magical potion or a magical elixir, you know, that to me is fantasy thinking. There is a difference between fantasy thinking and magical thinking. And these are not terms that I think have been coined by anybody in particular, not that I'm aware of. Um, in that episode, we also talked about how the holistic psychologist had put out a post on magical thinking that really offended a lot of the magical communities, mine included. And I wanted to shed some light on how I agreed with the points that she was making. I just did not agree that she didn't make enough room for the nuance that is magical thinking. She only was talking about it from a therapeutic scope. And from that scope, I don't think she was wrong. I just believed that it was more about fantasy thinking. And I that to me is how I would describe that. What she was talking about was fantasy thinking, not the practice of magical thinking. There's a difference. But <clears throat> my point to bringing all this up is today, I feel like I have had so many incredible synchronicities happen all in one day that it's it's almost like the magic slowly starts to emerge when we start to look for it. So if you're somebody that's felt like you have lost your ability to be connected to magical thinking, maybe you have a hard time believing in anything, you know, um, I'm not saying this is going to be the episode that's going to totally flip your opinion, <laughs> because that's not that's not my job. Uh, as my wonderful friend Hillary would say, though, I don't know if it's her direct quote. I don't know who actually said it, but I'm going to repeat it. I put out the truth of me and people respond with the truth of them. So that's kind of always what this podcast is, right? Is me putting out my truth in literally the most authentic way. Like this podcast, and I've said it hundreds of times, and I'll probably say it a hundred times more. Um, this podcast really is my most raw unfiltered outlet online. It is the the number one place as of now that I am the most unfiltered, the most raw, the most open. And I just sit down and I just talk. There's no, it is very infrequent that there are ever notes present with me. I just sit and talk about whatever's going on in my internal world. And oftentimes, I know many of you feel very seen through the work of the podcast. And so that's kind of why I keep coming back to it. And because it's a great outlet for me as a Gemini moon to get those feelings out somewhere. And I feel very called to share the experience because I, what do I always say? When you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. So the more that I show up authentically, the more I believe that 
that's mirrored back. And the more that you feel seen, the more you feel validated. But anyways, <laughs> through, I'm not saying I'm going to like shift your perspective on faith. You might be somebody that is atheist and that's totally okay. You are more than welcome to be here. My, my own husband up until maybe the last like five years uh, was a proclaimed atheist as well. You know, I'm, I'm very familiar with the territory of navigating even a very intense romantic relationship with somebody that is atheist. I don't, what I'm trying to say is you're welcome here. I'm not trying to sell you on something. I'm not like, no, if you want to tune in and maybe it will shave, shift your perspective, maybe it won't. That's not my job. My job again is to show up with the truth of me and you will react with the truth of yourself. So I just wanted to share this because I feel like during my Saturn return, that's something that was very ripped away from me was my ability to have magical thinking in the way that I used to, my ability to connect magically to myself and to believe that there was a grander vision or a grander purpose or a grander energy, a grander source, a grander, literally anything beyond myself. I feel like my Saturn return made me very cynical. It made me feel like I have this attitude that I'm always right. And it honestly, it, it quickly, quickly can turn into existentialism, which also can turn into nihilism. And do I even have a definition of nihilism? Like, I feel like some of these words I might be saying, and some of y'all are probably like, what the hell is that? Um, define, let's ask, let's ask Siri. Hey, Siri. Define nihilism. Nihilism, the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. Philosophy, extreme skepticism, maintaining that nothing in the world has a real existence. And then we have historical, the doctrine of an extreme Russian revolutionary party, 1900, were found nothing, which found nothing to approve. Sorry. Oh, no, I was reading that. <laughs> hey, Siri, define nihilism. Uh, which found nothing to approve of in the established societal order, social order. Oh my God, I really am dealing with nihilism. Y'all, I always tell you that over the last year I've dealt with existentialism really bad. I think I'm actually truly dealing with nihilism. I'm dealing with this like, why does any of it matter? It's all meaningless. We're ants. It doesn't do anything. We're all sitting here destroying each other all the time. Look at the government. Look at the state of the world. Look at how we treat the planet. And I feel like it's very easy to fall into a nihilistic mindset, especially for me. And maybe some of y'all are feeling something similar. And that's why I wanted to make this episode is to talk about how we can start to see the magic in the mundane, see the source energy, see the grander vision, believe and have hope in something beyond. Because truly, I feel like going through everything I have over the last year plus now, we're into the year plus mark, I feel that I used to be... I don't want to say gullible because I think that that gives it a very negative connotation, but I always tell y'all that I'm a level seven susceptible. If you've ever seen the show Community, this is something that the dean in that show deals with. He calls himself a level seven susceptible. And I want to say like, I don't even know how many levels there are. There might be seven and he is the worst. But basically, if anybody tries to sell him on something, like he'll just kind of follow it without question and lead him to be like tricked, basically. I find this to be true or used to be true of myself. It was very easy for me to be tricked. It was very easy for me to, and I'm sure some of y'all feel this way, especially in the spiritual communities. Because there are, unfortunately, people out there that will do that. There are people that will swindle that their job is not to actually help enlighten or serve others. It's to serve themselves in some way. And that's true no matter where you go. That's true in car sales. That's true in home sales. That's, I mean, typically we see it in sales, but that's true in religious organization. It's true in even families if you have somebody who's highly manipulative. You know, it's it's everywhere, unfortunately. It's a it's a polarizing extreme to compassion and genuineness um, or ingenuity. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. 
it's it's kind of a polarizing to that, right? It's hard to imagine when you're somebody that so lovingly is compassionate towards others and full of love for others. It's hard to imagine that somebody would go in such such contrast to that for their own self-fulfillment. And unfortunately, we see it everywhere. But why did I start talking about that? <laughs> My brain just got up and left, honey. She has left the station. Um why was I going on this tangent about nihilism and existentialism? Anyways, back to the point here. <laughs> With nihilism, prior to that experience that I had in June of 2021, where I had that really traumatizing effect on edibles, and I've never been the same from that moment. That moment literally changed my life probably forever in some way, even if I make a full recovery from that situation, which I do believe I am still on the journey of that. But if I ever do, no, I will. It's not an if I ever. When I do make a full recovery from that, I do believe that that instance still changed me in a really big way. Because it also gave me the ability, if we can shed any kind of positive light on this, which it's easier to see now than it was back then, it did give me the ability, I feel like, to understand people deeper. It gave me the ability to see how others struggle with these same things. The nihilism, the existentialism, the depression, the overwhelming anxiety. And prior to that, I'm not saying I've never felt feelings. I mean, I'd never felt existentialism before and I'd never felt nihilism before. But prior to that, I had felt depression, I had felt anxiety, but never to that level of an extreme. And I feel like in some ways, taking this journey back to myself, it actually kind of is one of the most magical things I've ever experienced. And I know that sounds insane, I'm sure. Maybe to some of you it doesn't. But throughout all of this... The one consistent that I can count on is I do not believe that I am beyond help. I do not believe that I can't heal. I don't believe that I have to just accept that this is the way my brain is now. I'm broken. I'm never going to get back to living in this magical state of being. I don't believe that. I believe that I will make a full recovery still. Even a year plus into recovery, I believe that I will make a full recovery from this. And maybe this is my magical thinking coming through. I don't believe that it is spiritual. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. ...bypassing because I'm not just saying, oh, it's going to get better and just leaning back and waiting. I'm being an active participant in my own healing journey. But in some ways, I feel like I've kind of been led through this on purpose in the sense that... I hope someday that my own healing story will be able to provide provide others with the relief that you can have the same thing. That even if our stories are so beyond different, I hope that you also don't think that you're beyond healing. That you will never be able to make a full recovery from whatever it is that you deal with. And I feel like I've had to go to like the edge of my own mind and my own extreme to backpedal from there and to realize that I could shift and change it. And I'm still not 100. I still wake up with anxiety most days. I still struggle with depressive episodes and depressed feelings more frequently than I would like to. But I don't believe throughout this entire thing that I'm beyond help. I don't believe that I will not make a full recovery. I still believe that I will make a complete and full recovery from this. And there might be some of you out there listening that are like, no, queen, we just have to adapt to that. We just have to adapt. And that's just kind of how it is. And maybe for some people, that is their truth. I refuse to accept that as my truth. I understand and fully accept if that is somebody else's truth, it's not my job to change that. But for myself, I refuse to accept it. And I honestly think it's been that belief that has kept me trying. It has kept me 
wanting to make changes. It has kept me open and receptive to seeing things differently and to trying all kinds of different healing modalities, which is really cool. Um, I want to say the number one thing that has helped me so far is definitely doing internal family systems therapy, which, well, I don't know if I can call it therapy because I don't do it with a therapist. I technically do it with like somebody that is a coach, but, um, I'm pretty sure you can practice that without that though, especially if that's not what you're calling it, but it's basically similar to IFS. Um, I don't know if it's actually exactly like IFS, but very similar internal family systems where you, I've talked about this before in terms of talking about quote unquote parts work. And to me, it is the most successful healing I've ever received or been able to work through. I shouldn't say received, like it's just given to me. It's still work. You still have to show up for the really difficult emotions and be able to hold them in a compassionate, non-judgmental way. So it actually does take effort. It's not easy, but, and sometimes it's shit that like really breaks you open. But I do feel like so far it has been some of the most... It has been some of the most promising work that I've done. And without talking to a traditional therapist, a few of them, without seeing a psychiatrist, without trying medication, without trying a slew of different things, I don't know that I ever would have been led here, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. I don't know why I'm talking about that because my main focus today, I want to focus on the alchemy of conjunction, of how this has really been showing up for me synchronistically. And I guess I'm bringing all of that up because over the last like month or so, as y'all know, I fell back into a depressed state and I used magic to really kind of pull myself out. But this past week I've had like another really hard week. And um, I think I slept like 12 hours today because I spent yesterday crying so many times um, which crying, I just want to say this right here, if I've never said it, I'm sure I have, but I'm going to repeat it for those of y'all in the back that maybe didn't hear it, or maybe are new to the podcast. I think crying is a very th therapeutic experience. I don't stop myself from crying. I don't look at crying like it's a bad thing. In fact, I allow it to happen. And I often feel that afterwards, I feel better. So crying, I feel like I don't know, the, I don't think there is a therapy that is designed for crying specifically, but I believe that crying is medicine for the soul. And when I say I spent all day crying, sometimes I do that on purpose. Like some, like, okay. <laughs> so e not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, I was having some feelings. I was having a really hard time resting and relaxing. And I wanted to just cry about that. I wanted to feel bad about that. And I wasn't letting myself have it. Instead, I was just kind of letting these feelings sit at the surface and I was holding back the feelings that I was feeling. And I looked at my husband and I said, you know what? I really just need some time alone right now. I'm going to go hang out in the bedroom. Um, I'm going to bring my tarot cards, my journal. And um, can I just, I just need some alone time. I just, I need, I, I told him the truth. I was like, I need to just go cry. I need to, I just feel like I need to cry and I don't want company. And Oftentimes when I'm really upset, I do want company and I want comfort, but I do think that there is, it's okay to not want that. It's okay to want to do that by yourself. And don't get me wrong. I think it's also okay to let others see that happen too. And I do is what I'm trying to say is I do allow that. But in this instance, I really didn't feel truly able to be my authentic self unless I was alone. And mostly I just didn't want somebody else's input. I wanted to cry and be by myself. So I went to my bedroom and I did that. I sat and I cried and I was like, I don't understand. You know, I, I feel like this whole journey has been so hard and I'm tired of it feeling this hard. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel lost, like just all of these things. Right. And this is me mostly talking to like what I consider to be source, what I consider to be quote unquote God, even though I don't believe in God the way Christianity teaches God, which we know, um, you know, I, I just kind of sat and prayed and cried and did what I needed to do. And then the next day, 
those feelings still kind of carried. I was still feeling extremely weepy, really disconnected from life, really disconnected from all things that would typically bring me joy or pleasure. And I happened to get into it with my spouse like multiple times that day. And every time I'd be crying, not because like, I need to say that not that anybody asked, it is so normal to argue with your significant other, so incredibly normal. And I wouldn't even call what me and my husband do truly arguing the way that like mainstream media depicts arguing. I feel like my husband and I actually are really good at being very conscious of the things we speak of, knowing where we are, knowing when something feels safe, knowing when something doesn't feel safe, how to ask for our needs. Like, obviously, there's still always going to be room for growth. But I would always argue that I think the healthiest relationships actually will trigger us. Because it's they trigger us, but they also hold the container for our healing with those triggers. And that was really the experience I had that day. There was a lot of triggering happening. I was feeling really emotionally vulnerable from the day before and it just carried in. And so I spent like all yesterday just fucking crying, like at the drop of a hat. No, I'm not pregnant. Um, at the drop of a hat, just crying over everything and feeling really emotionally raw and vulnerable that I spent like 12 hours sleeping last night. And I think it was just because I was so emotionally exhausted. And um, today... I read my cards like I always do. There's a lead up into this and why I'm bringing all of it up. Um, so stay with me. I was reading my cards and I was reading from The Wild Unknown Alchemy by Kim Kranz. And that, that passage I read you in the beginning of the episode, the conunctio, uh, conunctio, conunctio, I think that's how you pronounce it, or conjunction was my my main card of initiation for today. And... I feel like I've been seeing the synchronicity everywhere today. So when I was feeling really weepy and really sad, I basically like talked to my spiritual team and I was like, listen, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I feel so disconnected from everything that I'm doing. And I'm, I miss when back when I was like a smaller YouTube channel, I think I had like 23 K followers and I would celebrate every milestone and I would do something special. And I really honored every moment of my journey. And don't get me wrong. I still dealt with anxious feelings then. Like it wasn't, I'm not trying to romanticize it either. I still dealt with real people problems then too, but I felt different about life. I felt more connected to myself. I wasn't so afraid all the time or didn't need constant reassurance. I didn't feel like an imposter. You know, I felt really good for all intensive purposes. And, or at least most of the time, I felt really good and really connected. And I just was so grateful for the experience that I was having living the human experience. And somewhere in there, I got hit with a disconnect. Obviously, I think it was around June of last year that that really struck. I kind of really disconnected from myself in that moment. And I've had to slowly walk back. And it's taken a really long time. But I was basically praying to my guides. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, can you just help me? I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel like life doesn't feel magical. I feel and for all my ADHD babies out there, I know there are many of us Um I also deal with like hyper-focusing and hyper-focusing feels really good. If you have ADHD, you know what I'm talking about. Hyper-focusing feels good. It feels incredible to be really driven towards something and want to create it and dream it into being. Most of the things that I have made that I have deemed quote-unquote successful in my life have come from hyper-focusing. But the thing with hyper-focusing is you don't get to choose what you hyper-focus on. It often just kind of happens. And now you're on this train and you decide to follow it and or like stay on the train instead of getting off. And for me, I haven't had like a hyper-focused moment in months. I couldn't tell you the last time I hyper-focused on something. And for people with ADHD, I'm sure many of you can agree with this. It feels good 
to hyper-focus. Like it feels incredible. You feel like you're making something, creating something, learning something. You can't get enough of that information. And it's why I know as much as I do about psychology because I was hyper-focused on psychology. It's why I know so much about tarot. I was hyper-focused on tarot when I learned originally. It's why like there are so many good things that have happened in my life because of hyper-focusing. And I couldn't tell you the last time I had one of those. And it sucks. It feels very disconnecting. It feels like your creativity is gone. You have no passion for anything. And for your everyday average Joe that doesn't have ADHD, and I shouldn't say average, like, I say it like ADHD is a superpower, which I kind of think it is. But um, for anybody who doesn't deal with that, that's just kind of like normal. And you still have like passions and things. But for people with ADHD, that's like really when your passion comes in. And so... I read my cards on like my YouTube channel and I got the message that I'm not supposed to stop. Like I'm not like this doesn't mean I even asked. I was like, is it over? Like, tell me the truth. Is it over? Is me creating on YouTube in this way over? Am I am I done or is this just like a growing pain? And I really got the message that my work is not done. But I don't really know what the next evolution looks like. And I have a lot of ideas of what it could look like but I don't know what it actually looks like and I'm having a really hard time with that because in the past every goal that I've ever truly achieved was through a hyper focus and in any case I know we're talking about a lot of different things today but I basically said to spirit I was like I just I'm not telling you you need to give me a hyper focusing project right now but I need something I need to feel connected to something even if it's you that like is the hyper focus. And I'm like, just diving into spiritual knowledge. Can you just feed me the breadcrumb path because I need to figure it out. And okay, now I want to get into like the synchronicities of my day. So reminding you, this was just like the last couple of days, I've said these little prayers, and I shouldn't say little like they weren't serious. But you know, I've done this. And today, I woke up and I, my sleep schedule is all over the place. Okay. I was also emotionally exhausted yesterday. So I literally slept for 12 hours. I went to bed at like three 30 in the morning. I woke up at three, 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 exactly this afternoon. Synchronicity number one. Then I decide to do a little bit of devotion time, which is new for me. I used to do this all the time back in like 2015, 2016, 2017, even into 2018. And over the years, as I've, I've been more anxious, especially over the last year, I've kind of skipped out on a lot of my devotional time. I feel like I don't have time for it or my mind races too quickly and I don't allow myself to take the time. And I've really been trying to get back to making sure that I have time to have that devotional time in the morning. And so this morning I did my manifestation babe book that I've been going through again. And I, um, I pulled out my cards and that card came out as my initiation card, right? That, uh, canuncio. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. That seems like it has just like a really positive effect on my day. Like, something coming together and like opening to a new phase of the journey. I feel like today might be the day today might be the day that something starts to line up. So <laughs> I wouldn't call that synchronicity. Your brain needs support and new Ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Number two, but maybe, you know, um, I get up. I fix my hair, I, I try to get myself ready again, something that I've really been trying to prioritize because those are my depressed babies. When you start to feel the feelings of depression, taking care of yourself is like the first thing that goes out the window and then it becomes the house too. So I've really been trying to like make sure I brush my teeth, make sure I brush my hair, like make sure I put clothes on and don't just like sit in my PJs all day feeling sad. Um, 
So I did this and then I decided I'm going to go on a hot girl walk. But this hot girl walk, I'm not just going to walk around my neighborhood. I'm going to go to the mall and do my hot girl walk because it's just time. It's it's time. And I asked my husband if he wants to go. He does. So we go. And we always enter our mall because our mall has a Barnes and Noble in it. We always enter our mall from the Barnes and Noble entrance because my husband and I are both avid readers and it's just, it's who we are. Um, we go over to the tarot section. I don't pick up any decks because girl, I think I own like a hundred decks at this point and I don't feel like I connect with them as like specially as the way that I used to. And so I've really been focusing on like admiring the things that I have instead of buying new. And right next to the tarot section though, I see this book that's called Awakening in the Dream Dream by David Wilcock. And some of y'all might be familiar with this book. Uh, David Wilcock is, I want to say like the star or maybe the producer of Ancient Aliens. And I've been telling myself for weeks, okay, I really feel like I need to get on some UFO shit. I feel like I need to get back into learning more shit about aliens. I feel like we don't know enough. I feel like there's more information out there. And I need to tell you a side story before we get back to this book and the synchronicities that are popping out. But maybe like a year plus ago, when I was in my um, my house in Utah, where I lived right before I moved here, I want to say it maybe happened last year in the autumn. No, it had to have been a couple of years ago because I'm pretty sure it happened in the fall time. But last year in the autumn, I was, well, it could have still happened last year in the autumn time, like in September last year. Um, Like it, it could have happened during that time. I was really stressed out at the time too, but I want to say it was last year. Anyways, it doesn't matter when it was. I have a very vivid dream. And I, listen, if you're not into aliens, if you don't believe in that shit, like, I totally respect it. Just pretend that this is a fun little story, okay? It, it can be make-believe for you. For me, I'm not entirely convinced it was fake. I almost kind of think it happened, but I can't prove it. So I say I had a dream, but I don't know if it was a dream. I was out on my front lawn in this house, like this house that we lived in. It had a front lawn and a back lawn. It was a, it was a duplex that we shared with one other like family that was next to us. And we had a front yard and a backyard. I was standing out on the front yard. I was holding Andrew's arm. My husband I was holding his arm linked with mine. And all I remember is looking out and like maybe a little up towards the sky. And I swear to you, It was a UFO craft, I swear. I can't prove it because I don't remember any distinct outlines. The only thing I remember is a huge flash of light, so bright that it hurt to look at it. And I turned my head away and turned into my husband's arm. And he was just like staring, like kind of zoned out, not saying anything. I turned my head into his arm because it was so bright it hurt. And that's all I remember. I don't remember anything else, but it's weird to me that, and we were barefoot on the front lawn in our pajamas that we'd gone to bed in that night. Like it was just a really interesting experience and it felt so real. And I know that dreams sometimes really do be like that. So like, I get it, but this one, it was weird that I remembered it too, because I don't typically remember my dreams unless I'm trying to remember them. So I don't know. For all I know, that could have been real. I don't know. But ever since then, I've told myself like, dang, I really, I need to get back into that. Like I, I loved reading Dolores Cannon for a while. I think during that time period, I was reading Dolores Cannon a lot, who is somebody that believes in hypnotherapy, past life regression. Um, She talks a lot about like different alien civilizations, things like that. And I own a few of her books. They're very thick and they're full of a lot of different stories and stuff. Um, I had, I think I'd been reading the three waves of volunteers at the time that that happened. And so I was like, Oh, you know, maybe reading that like made me have a dream. Of course, my mind immediately tries to like uh, decode it as being just like a whatever dream. But 
ever since then, I've been like, I really want to like learn more about that. And I just haven't really capitalized on it. And I was always, I was also really fascinated by the monolith of 2020, even though I think they actually solved that and it wasn't an alien thing, or at least that's what they say. Um, real talk. Maybe some of y'all can relate to this too. I, I maybe have said this before. I consider myself to be a very head in the clouds, feet on the ground kind of person. And it's really hard in the spiritual community to be that kind of person because on one hand, you have people that are all head in the clouds, anti-vax, anti-mask, very not into science at all. Everything the government says is a lie. It's all black market this and it's all wrong. And then on the other end, you have people that the government always tells the truth. Science is always right. There's no room for mysticism. And I like to think that I reside in the middle. I like to think that I believe in modern medicine. I believe in modern science. But I also believe in the unexplained. And I also don't think the government's telling the truth all the time. And I don't know where those people are. I feel like maybe there are more of you that will come out of the woodwork if I start talking about it. But um, my point is, I, I just, I don't know. I have this kind of like, I do believe aliens exist. I think we'd be fools to think that they didn't. I mean, even those pictures that we've gotten from the telescope that's out right now, the like of all the galaxies and stuff that we can see, it's ludicrous to think that there aren't aliens. I mean, we are also aliens to them. But I think it's crazy to think that aliens don't exist and how egotistical of humans to think that we are the only conscious developed civilization the way that we are I think that that's very egotistical of us to think that way that's just my personal opinion but my point is I also feel on the other hand of that though it's like okay I can read all these books on like aliens and stuff like that and do I believe it are these people just making shit up or is there some truth to what they're saying and I've been gullible for so many years of my life that I feel like now I'm in a very cynical stage. <laughs> I've been swindled one too many times. And now I feel like I'm a lot more cautious and cynical about a lot of things. Anyways, that was like a total journey that we just went on. But Awakening in the Dream, David Wilcock. Okay, this book, he just okay, I'm only 56 pages in. But he said something that I was just like, my gosh, why do I feel like this is just another synchronicity to even my card this morning? He was talking about how, like, he was talking about Carl Jung, the psychologist. Um, I don't know what Carl Jung's official title is, but he was talking about like the unconscious and archetypal work of Carl Jung. And I don't know if y'all know this about me, but Carl Jung's work, even though I've never read anything specifically by Carl Jung, according to my best friend in the whole world, Hillary, she tells me that I have like a mini Carl Jung living inside of me. Like I just really exist on that thread of, looking deeper into the unconscious and especially when paired with psychology, I'm very fascinated by that. And I can't believe I actually haven't ever read anything by Carl Jung, even though I know like so many of his teachings and principles just through like reading other things. But in this book, he's talking about Carl Jung and he's talking about the, basically the divine feminine and the divine masculine in, in archetypal basically how like everything has an archetype and we are moving through life in these different archetypal ways. Right. And we're all embodying a certain archetype at any time. And there are shadow archetypes and something that he brought up is the divine masculine and the divine feminine archetype or energy. And I'm like flipping through this book now because I'm like, where did he say that? I want to talk about it because it was so, oh, it's here. So he's talking about these different archetypes, right? Um, synchronicities, dreams, and archetypes. It's literally in chapter two of this book. And he's just talking about these different 
feminine and masculine. There were like specific words that he used. And I was like, wow, I've read about this stuff before. Why do I feel like this is some new shit? Um, like, why do I feel like it's never been highlighted for me like this? Why does it feel different? And that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, I Oh, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> He's talking about the anemia and the anemias. So he says that Jung's four main archetypes he identified within us are the shadow, the anemia, the anemias, and the self. And so these were... I'm sure that this gets broken out even more into more archetypes, but... I feel like the when he spoke in here about the anemia and the anemias, which is that masculine and feminine, right? Together, they actually make divine union. And okay, so remember, my card this morning <laughs> was all about conjunction. And when something unifies to make something greater than right that's what we were that was the the love divine union and infinity okay i'm getting the chills just talking about it and then so that happened this morning then i read that in this book about carl jung and i this book awakening in the dream is also a lot about like lucid dreaming and dream interpretation which is something that i've never been especially invested in but it's something that for some reason i'm feeling a pull right now. I don't know, maybe my next hyper focus is coming. But I'm feeling a pull for one reason or another that I feel like there's a lot of answers that aren't coming in my everyday life. And maybe dreams are the answer. But something that really hit me is something I haven't mentioned yet, which is I haven't really remembered a lot of my dreams lately. But I have had various dreams of my parents dying. I've had more and not like me killing them, not a brutal thing, just multiple, multiple dreams of losing either of my parents. And they're very like, it's really upsetting. Like it's a very upsetting and jarring thing in my dream. I'm upset no matter which parent it is. I'm always heartbroken. And I know that this will come like my parents are in their 70s, they will eventually die. Um, even though I always tell y'all I'm going to live to be 220. Um, facts only facts uh but i realized something if you think about even parents even if you're not like part of your parents right even if you've like totally detached from them they still came together to make one you are the representation of that union and I don't say that in like a toxic way. Like obviously there are some people that are totally disconnected from really abusive parents, but I only want to speak about my perspective right now. I'm not trying to say that you have to put this lens on your parents. If you, if this is something that doesn't help you or like make you think in a certain way or, you know, discard, it's not the lesson for you. It's maybe not the lesson your soul came to evolve from. For me, I've spent a lot of my adult life distancing myself from family, like a lot. And only during my Saturn return have I really come full circle with that. And we've talked about it on the podcast before, how I've kind of gone through like a reintegration process. And during that reintegration process, I've also had to come face to face with the choices that I've made to disconnect and were they the right choices? And did I do the right thing? Was that more hurtful than it was helpful? And I've kind of had to really come full circle with a lot of the choices throughout my twenties, which is very Saturn return. Um, if y'all are between the ages of 28 and 30 or even 31, 32, I would say you might be reaching the end of your Saturn return. Actually, no, if you are, a, you could be 31 cause I am, but my husband's 31 and his Saturn return was in Capricorn. So in tropical astrology, if you're 32, your Saturn return's already over. But technically some of y'all that are 31, like myself, are still in it. And throughout this, having these dreams and thinking about how like basically my parents overlapping, for lack of better words here, sexually and relationally, it created me. I am a, whether I choose to accept that or not, I am the divine union 
of what my, and that's true of every child. Every child is that divine union, whether it was something that felt extremely divine or not. And I think what really blows my mind is I think about the things that I struggle so hard with mentally and how they are so linked to things that my parents did. Or like, for example, I've talked to y'all about how I work too much. I'll get really caught up in being a workaholic and how that brings me into feelings of stress, anxiety, and then ultimately depression. What workaholic in my life do I know that was a prime example to me? My father. And on the other end of the spectrum, I have um, my mother that was very unmotivated my entire life. I watched her not go after any of her dreams, not see anything self-actualized or fulfilled. And I'm constantly ping-ponging between these two extremes. But what I keep forgetting is that I am the divine union of these two extremes. And I'm getting the chills still as I'm talking. And I feel like even archetypally speaking, if we're looking at, and granted, you know, these can just be energies. My, for all intents and purposes, your mother could be the masculine representation and your father could be the feminine. Or maybe you have, um, maybe you have, um, two mothers that raised you or two fathers that raised you, right? It's, it's not about the gender. It's about the energy to me. And that's really the point I want to make here is it doesn't have to be about the gender, but it just blows my mind. I'm like, wow, all of the stuff that I am struggling with so hard, it might be in my own way, of course, and I'm not blaming my parents for these things, but what a crazy synchronicity to have that, and this goes back to like the Fibonacci sequence. This goes back to the Ankh even has two... A one plus one equals two. That's what the whole like onk is about. Um, and we are nature, right? So of course, we would also be the representation of divine union. And we forget that. Isn't that crazy? We live in a world where we forget that we actually are divine because we are all created in divine union. And I'm not like, I don't know how to say this or articulate it in the most beautiful way. I'm not saying that like, if you are somebody that like was born out of like a rape situation, that that initial act was divine. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that two, one plus one equals two and you are it. The, the, I, the, the fact that you were even able to be conceptualized into being is divine. The fact that all these little things had to add up for you to come out the way that you did is divine. And that's, I feel like the thing that we're all missing is we don't need to go and seek and look for the divinity because we are it. I am it. You are it. We don't have to go and look for it. And I feel like I just forget that because a lot of us, myself included here, we forget that we have the ability to radically accept ourselves right where we are. We feel like it's Every, all the answers are always beyond us. They're in a source beyond us. They're in a channel beyond us. They're in a thing beyond us. But we are divine. We are divine. And I feel like I really lost sight of that. I feel like that's like the, the thing that I've, that I feel like spirit in some way maybe my own self has been trying to awaken me too, is that even if I've lost sight of it, even if the world feels chaotic and scary and I don't know how I fit in it and maybe I want to question everything or be very nihilistic about everything, but what if I just accepted my own divinity within it? What if every single person started to do that? accept their own divinity in every situation, how different of a world would we wake up in? And I don't even know what my point to this episode was. <laughs> to be quite honest, I just felt like I was having this crazy day filled with the weirdest synchronicities. So not only that, but 
I've caught the clock at like multiple synchronicities today. I think I caught it at 444555. Um, I, I, um, what was I saying? And my husband turned up the song because it started, oh, I said like, don't look at me. And I said, don't look at me because I was putting a mask on to go into the store. And my husband was listening to a song and he turned it up right at that moment. And the artist said, don't look at me. Like just, it was so, I've just been having a lot of these really interesting synchronicities. And I feel like all day, my magical thinking has been on like high gear. And I've just noticed so much more mysticism around me. And I feel like I'm noticing like the fabric of the whole, I guess, without having to like go on an ayahuasca adventure or something. I feel like I'm getting a glimpse of the fabric of all that is. And I'm kind of just trying to discover my place in it and what that means for me. And I feel like awakening in the dream, like I said, I'm only 60 pages in, but it's fascinating. And I also feel like it's very, it's already like opened me up to just a few things within the first 60 pages that I hadn't already thought of or considered. And as somebody who's been dealing with a lot of cynicism and nihilism, it's really nice to still be impressed by something, to still find enjoyment and to feel like, wow, I, I can't believe that I hadn't thought of that, that the way I was made is technically divine union right there. We And, and like, gosh, think about the way that like Catholicism strips away from the start your divinity because you're born in sin, right? If you're born in sin, you have to have that baptized away because the original sin, you're not you're not born divine, you're born in sin. I just think about all of the structures that we have currently on the planet that focus on that, on stripping us of our divinity, of stripping us of this belief that we are divine. And I honestly think going through everything that I have, I've also just lost sight of that for myself. I forget that I am also divine. I forget that I also have all of the force of the universe right here with me. I forget that I am wholly supported every single step of the journey, no matter where I am or what I'm doing. And I feel like I haven't felt supported in a while um, because I've just been really stressed and really anxious and I haven't really felt that sheer support of the universe backing me up lately, but today just, just hit different. And I guess I just wanted to ramble about that and share that even when you feel like you lose your ability to be in touch with magic or in touch with divinity or synchronicity, or, you know, maybe you already went through one spiritual awakening and now you're kind of in this state of cynicism because you think you have it all figured out. But when you actually let drop your defenses and let the universe show you more, so much more starts to show up. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know where I was going with this episode. I feel like we've talked for a very long time and I didn't have any real official conclusion to come to just wanted to share kind of my musings of the day. Also, um, my Pier 1 Imports in town is going to be a Spirit Halloween, and I am fucking stoked. I cannot believe that Spirit Halloween is going to be in my town. I mean, I can believe it because they're everywhere, but um, I love Spirit Halloween. And I was really excited to see that sign today for the first time. I uh, went out to my mall, and it was across the street from the mall. There was a Spirit Halloween sign coming. Um just things that bring me a little bit of a shred of joy, <laughs> a shred of joy through these difficult times. And I hope anything in this episode provides anything for you. I hope that you yourself through listening to this recognize that you are divine. That literally is in my intro. You are divine. And Maybe this gave you something to think about in your own life. Maybe that was why I was supposed to record it. I'm feeling a little bit uh, embarrassed <laughs> for sharing and not having a real conclusion in mind, but I hope these musings bring you something. 
and maybe next time I'll show up with notes so this doesn't happen. <laughs> or maybe we'll just leave it as an authentic moment and let that be an authentic expression, you know? In any case, I love you so much, Pumpkin. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And if you would like to support this podcast and make it continue to be available to happen, please make sure you check out my Patreon. Even as low as $222 a month, $2.22 a month, helps me continue to produce this podcast if you want to support it. And you get a little extra content for it. Uh, depending on what tier you're at, you get different forms of content. But um Thank you to all of you that do that for me. I really appreciate it. Link is, of course, always down below. And uh, I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye, pumpkin.